When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. Morning, everyone. Welcome to Tradies News in a nutshell. Start of a new week, at least uh, for us on Tradies News. 4th of October, Tuesday morning in 2022. Broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Queensland and SEN 1620 on the Gold Coast. Daniel Pettigrew back in the chair. Hope you all had a good long weekend. Uh, big weekend of sport, obviously. We'll talk about that in just a second. Phone number still the same, though. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. if you want to give us a call. Or you can text anytime 0457 736 736. Plenty to get through across the next hour before Vossie and Brandy for breakfast through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney and Patton Hills through SENQ 693 and SEN 1620. In about 10 or so minutes, going across to Chris Perkins in the United States. Been another big week of sport in America. So we'll have a chat with him, get the latest from there. In about half an hour, English Premier League, of course, across the weekend. Some interesting results. John Gallo will be on the line to wrap that all up as well. Plus all the latest news coming out of the grand final on Sunday. World Cup squads have been announced, so plenty to get to. But most importantly, your calls, one 1170 or text 0457 736 736. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rheem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rheem. Yeah, does your hot ne- uh, water need replacing? Get one that's steady, hot and strong. Ask your plumber to install a ream at 2 past 5, 2 past 4 in Queensland. Now, lots uh, to talk about today. Uh, firstly, my first chance to say congratulations to the Penrith Pat. There's back-to-back premiers um, after winning last year. Closer grand final last year than this year, but they were just too good, weren't they? for the Parramatta Eels on Sunday night in front of, what was it, about 82,000 people, just over 82,000 people at a core stadium. Um, first 10 minutes was close, and that was about it. No, Penrith, very, very good. I thought once they got those first couple of tries, it was always going to be hard for Parramatta to run them down. I know we were talking about it on Friday morning with Charles and Jaleesa about how important the start was for Parramatta, and if they could have got a couple of early tries, then maybe... Uh, they would have found themselves in the game. But with just how good Penrith is, uh, once they were down 12-0, then 18-0, it was very hard to see them come back. So whilst I think disappointing for Parramatta, they would have loved to win that. Still a pretty good season for them, but they still have not won a premiership. And I'm sure their fans don't need reminding of this since 1986. Meantime, Penrith Panthers back-to-back. You know, we were talking five years ago how hard it was to do, and now we've seen two teams do it in the space of five years. The Roosters in 18-19, and then the Panthers uh, 21-22. And they are favourites for next year's season as well. And I know they're losing a couple of players, and it's a long way away. But they're going to be hard, I think, to beat again in 2023. Uh, Your thoughts on grand final day as a whole, uh, the match as well, if you want. Um, I didn't go out there, so if you did, I would love to know. I thought... 
as much as I love Jimmy Barnes, I thought the pre-match entertainment was fairly underwhelming compared to what the AFL uh, did last week. But your thoughts? Did you enjoy grand final day? Are you a happy Pat, this fan? Uh, have you had any sleep yet? I mean, uh, there would be people still going. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 the phone number, where you can text 0457 736 736. And now the NRL is done and dusted for another year. Of course, attention will turn to the World Cup beginning in about 10 days' time. But your highlight of the 2022 NRL season, what is the one highlight uh, or some highlights of your 2022 NRL season? Would love to hear uh, what memories you'll remember, good or bad. And there's been a few of both uh, throughout the NRL season of 2022 that was. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. the open line, or text 0457 736 736. Your highlight in the NRL of season 2022 at four and a half past five, four and a half past four in Queensland. Now, uh, the Panthers have been celebrating, and I'm sure you would have seen this on the various news bulletins last night. Um, There's been a bit of talk. I know Paul Kent was big on this on NRL 360 last night. Um, Do the Panthers lack respect? Or do the Panthers players lack respect? Now, they would have been out all night celebrating, and I'll get to this story about Appy Coruscant in just a second. No, well, there would have been very little, maybe no sleep. Um, there was a clip floating around on social media yesterday morning of um, the fans, not the players, the fans chanting, we hate para. Well, not a, uh, there's no players joining in on that um, that I saw, um, and you can't control what the fans are going to do. But one of uh, the big things... Coming out of yesterday's celebrations, Abby Coruscant, who is leaving, uh, as you know, to go to the West Tigers now that the season is done. Well, he burst into laughter when he spoke about winning a premiership at the West Tigers um, as a bleary-eyed James Fisher-Harris started the We Hate Parade chat. Well, no, the fans did. Uh, the, and classed uh, the 2022 Penrith side as the best Pat the side ever. Can't really deny that. Now, Coruscant won his third premiership wing, ring, including two straight at Penrith, and was asked on stage how he felt about departing for Wooden Spoon as the West Tigers. He said, This place has been incredible the last three years I've been here. It's turned into a family for me. There's so much young talent. To go out on a high like that, it's pretty incredible, and I'll probably do the same thing at the Tigers, he added, before breaking into hysterics. Uh, you'll find... Um, that Vossi and Brandy will play that audio a little later on of Appy Coruscant. Uh, video footage Coruscant being mocked about never winning a premiership ring at the joint venture had surfaced the night before. Now, Tigers officials did not want to respond to the comments. Uh, Panthers Group CEO Brian Fletcher said of Coruscant's comments, he couldn't have played any better than he did here. So I don't know uh, how he'll play better. Uh, there to win a title. Good luck to them. It's a new season next year. Everyone dreams about winning it all. All I know is we'll be competitive again. You'd love to keep Appy. Who wouldn't want him? Uh, it's the same as Kikau we went on to say as well. Uh, yeah, if you're Tigers and you're looking at that, you probably don't love those comments. But one three hundred oh one eleven seventy or oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Is it a big deal? Um, I mean, it's not. It's not a great look. But maybe take it into context of when he said it. However, there was talk as well on social media last night about how he's been trying to convince Isaiah Papalii from the Parramatta Eels for many weeks down to uh, go to the Tigers. And there's been talk about that since, I reckon, since about May or June, about whether he's actually going to fulfil his contract and leave the Eels and go to the Panthers. So 
it's not. I don't think it's the best thing ever uh, to be said, uh, especially about the club that is now going to be paying your wage. And it is slightly disrespectful. But at the end of the day, um, I'm sure he'll put in when he is at the West Tigers. But if you are a Tigers fan and you hear that, it is probably off-putting because you want your club to turn things around next year. It's really a new era with Tim Sheens and, of course, Benji Marshall and Robbie Farrer there as well. So it was a bit of a cheeky dig, but um, I don't think there'll be much more made of it. But what do you think? 0457 736 736 is the text number. You can call the open line 1300 01170. Also, your highlight of season 2022. Now, the NRL season may be done and dusted, but we are only 10, 11 days away from the start of the Rugby League World Cup over in the UK. I mean, we're lucky here on Tradies News that uh, throughout the duration of the Rugby League World Cup, um, we'll be on air. A lot of the times games are going to be played. A lot of them are, of course, over the course of the weekend. But the first few weeks, there's quite a few uh, midweek games as well around this time slot. So we'll be keeping you up to date with everything happening in the Rugby League World Cup once it gets underway. Uh, all the squads were named. Some had been named prior to yesterday, but all the squads named yesterday what did you make of some of the omissions from the Australian squad? I'll go through it in just a second. But Dylan Edwards, um, I really thought he was going to be making that Australian team. Now, obviously, James Desco is going to be fullback in a full-strength squad, and he's been named captain and well-deserved. But you look at the rest of the squad, as I say, I'll go through it in a second. I would have thought that Dylan Edwards could have found himself there. Um Latrell Mitchell is in the squad, and maybe they're thinking he can play backup fullback if something happens to James Tedesco. But I still think Edwards, you know, part of the premiership winning squad, and also and also Nico Hines as well, missing out. Um, Edwards was named to standby for the upcoming tour, so it means he will watch the tournament from afar, but uh, he will do his best to stay match fit and rely on a member of the Kangaroos dropping with injury or COVID during the tournament. So he was the most surprising omission from the 24-man squad selected on Monday morning, but he wasn't the only notable one to miss out. Uh, Damien Cook, the incumbent hooker, was another uh, prominent member of the standby squad, as was, as I said, Nico Hines, um, and then James Tedesco as captain. His vice-captains, Zaya Yeo and Cameron Murray, no place for Queensland skipper Daly Cherry Evans, although Meninga insisted it wasn't appointed to Nathan Cleary being the preferred option for the halfback spot. The squad features 13 uh, people on debut, including three members of the Penrith side, uh, Nathan Cleary, Liam Martin and Isaiah Yo. Edwards was on the fringes of the squad leading into the grand final, but there was a school of thought, I mean, I thought it, that he could force his way in with a huge showing on Sunday night. Uh, Edwards' lack of versatility cost him in the end, given uh, the kangaroos of a handful of fullbacks in their squad, led by Sydney Roosters captain James Tedesco. Of course, we know Latrell Mitchell, Cam Munster, Valentine Holmes and Jack White are all capable of playing fullback as well. Meninga said yesterday he has had an exceptional year. It is a difficult situation when you can only pick 24 players. Our best player was the fullback at James Tedesco. We had several conversations about this. And fortunately, in this instance, Dylan misses out, but we thought we would pick up some standby players as well. Anything can happen. He's desperately unlucky. Yeah, so those standby players, I watched a bit of that press conference with uh, Mel Meninga yesterday. Clearly, injury is uh, their main concern, but with COVID as well, um, you you don't have to. It will be interesting to see because out of all the teams that um, are going to the UK, it would be odds on that, that we're going to get a few COVID cases throughout the World Cup. Now, 
in the UK, as it is going to be here in a couple of weeks, but in the UK, you do not have to isolate if you get COVID. Um, we saw an instance of that in the Commonwealth Games uh, with the Australian cricket team, the women's cricket team, where uh, I think it was Talia McGrath from memory played uh, with COVID. Uh, she sat away from most of the team until they won it, and then uh, she got involved in the celebration. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that uh, throughout the tournament. Uh, but the full kangaroo squad, if you did miss it, Josh Adokar, Matt Burton, Regan Campbell-Gillard, uh, Patrick Carrigan, Daly Cherry-Evans, Nathan Cleary, Lindsay Collins, it's an interesting one for me, Ruben Cotter, Angus Crichton, uh, Tino Fasamulali, uh, Campbell Graham, Harry Grant, Valentine Holmes, Ben Hunt, Liam Martin, Latrell Mitchell, Cam Munster, Cameron Murray, Jeremiah Nanai, uh, James Tedesco, Murray Talaki, Jake Travojevic, Jack Whiten, and Isaiah Yo, uh, And those standby players, Indylan Edwards, Nico Hines, and also Damien Cook. Your thoughts on the Australian World Cup squad, 0457 736 736 is the text number. You can call the open line on 1300-01-1170. The New Zealand one looks very good as well. Uh, likes of Nelson Asofa Solomona, Dylan Brown, who had a standout the year this year for the Parramatta Kieran Foran's part of it. Uh, Peter Hiku, Jerome Hughes, uh, Joey Manu, of course, there. Uh, Jordan Rapana, Braden Smith. Uh, Jared Rear Hargraves has been named. Of course, he won't be playing for the first few games uh, because of that suspension. Um, it is, oh, look, it's a very, very good squad, the New Zealand squad. That's just some of it. Um, and, of course, don't forget Australia and New Zealand destined to meet in the World Cup semi final. So it'll be very, very interesting to see. So what was your thoughts on the Australian squad? Was there some players there that you think wonder why they're there? And what about Dylan Edwards, Nico Hines, and also Damian Cook missing out? The least surprising of that for me was Damian Cook. Um, I think you look at Harry Grant. He's been in fantastic form. Ben Hunt at the Dragons, their best player all year. Um, but still, uh, he's still part of the squad, uh, the standby players, and he'll travel over there to the UK. And I presume they leave fairly soon uh, with, as I say, the World Cup beginning in just over 10 days' time. So a bit on our agenda this morning, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy at the open line. You can text 0457 736 736. Uh, your highlight of the 2022 NRL season. Now it is done and dusted. Your highlight of the 2022 NRL season. The Panthers, are you all right with how they behaved? And... Are they a chance to do the three-peat? I know it's a long way away, but I think they're a pretty good chance, although they are losing a couple of players. And the Australian squad as well, 0457 736 736 is the text number. You can call 1300 01 1170. We'll take a break. On the other side of this, we'll catch up with Chris Perkins in the United States. It is 14 past. It is 18 past, still to come in about 15 minutes. We'll wrap up the weekend of the English Premier League with Jonathan Gallo. Coming up later on as well uh, this week, we'll have a chat with him again on Friday. The A-League begins this weekend as well. Big game uh, at the football at the Allianz Stadium with Sydney FC up against Melbourne Victory. We will do that shortly. Uh, 0457 736 736, the text number, or you can call the open line anytime, 1300 01 1170. A couple of texts there on uh, the Panthers uh, players yesterday. Uh, also, also, the World Cup squad, uh, what you make of it, and your highlight of the NRL season 2022. I'll get to your text shortly, but let's cross to America now. Chris Perkins on the line. Where do we find you this morning, Chris? Good morning. How about Winston-Salem, North Carolina? You you get around, don't you, Chris? I do. I do. I'm on my way to Missouri. I'm home next or this coming weekend, so I, I'm looking forward to it, but yeah, uh, dealing with the maze of North Carolina freeways right now. 
Yeah, have fun uh, with that. And, of course, our best wishes to everyone. Uh, we talked about Hurricane Ian, didn't we, last week on the yeah. show, Chris? Just some horrible scenes over there. It, it, it was. Uh, thankfully, the storm has pretty much blown itself out and uh, had some impacts in the NFL games yesterday, but uh, thankfully all the games got played. And just for certainly for everybody down in southwest Florida, I hope the recovery hope the recovery is swift and, you know, Everybody, keep keep them in your prayers because there there was so so much destruction down there. Yeah, certainly not very good at all. Uh, highlights of this week uh, weekend of NFL, mate. What were they? Uh, well, how about uh, how about we'll start with a game we thought was going to be really kind of boring and you know low scoring. Uh, uh, the Detroit Lions had three you know three important players out. They had their number one wide receiver out had their number one right uh, running back out. Uh, they wind up in a shootout with the Seattle Seahawks. We're now going to have to start calling the Lions the Detroit Lions because there ain't no D up there. 48-45 was the final yesterday in Detroit. Seattle winds up getting the win. Mm. Uh, Detroit, well, I mean, they're one in three, but their fans, if, if Detroit fans are one thing, they are never bored by a Lions game. The Lions have the highest scoring offense, uh, uh, averaging 35 points a game on mm. offense. The problem is they're giving up 35.3 points a game on defense, which is the worst in football. Yeah, well, that is not good. You don't want to be giving up that many points in a game at, ed- at any stage. <laughs> no, I, I for the neutrals mm. like me, you know, watching or yeah. listening to that game, it, it was a great ride. Mm. Seattle fans, Detroit fans were all going, please stop this thing now. Yeah, not. It, not, it was a crazy game yesterday. It's, but I have to say, uh, some of the, and I know we talk about it here in the NRL and uh, the AFL as well, I'm sure, some of the non conventional games, the ones sometimes, as you just said when I first asked you, the ones that you don't expect to be entertaining, sometimes they turn out to be the most entertaining games of the weekend. Yeah, that's, and that's exactly what we got from that uh, from that game yesterday. Uh, uh, Seattle, I, you don't expect it. This is a team that's rebuilding. They just got rid of their Super Bowl winning quarterback. They've got Geno Smith, who's been a starter but has primarily been a backup. Mm. And they they somehow put up forty eight points against a team that we thought at the beginning of the season was going to have an improved defense. Shows what we know a month then. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, now, college football is a new number one, Chris. Yeah, there is. Uh, and now, the top six teams in the country all won on Saturday. Mm. But there was a major shakeup because Georgia, by the skin of their teeth, by the hair on their chinny-chin-chins, <laughs> got out of Columbia, Missouri with a win. They were 13 down in the second quarter. They were down 13 nothing in the second quarter mm. against the Missouri Tigers, a 29-point underdog coming into that game Saturday night. Mm. I'm watching the game. I'm, I'm a Missouri guy, okay? Mm. Yep. I'm watching the Clemson-North Carolina State game on ABC. I'm not even watching the Mizzou game because I figured they were going to get absolutely hammered. But I'm seeing the score updates bottom mm. of the screen. Mm. An upset alert. I see Missouri up 13 nothing. I'm flipping back and forth between ABC and the SEC Network the rest of the night, watching both games uh, pretty much simultaneously. 
Georgia never led it until four minutes, eight seconds left in the fourth quarter when they got a one-yard touchdown run to make it 26-22. to 22. Mm. Missouri couldn't uh, mount, a, mount a, a drive in response late to, to win the game. So Georgia survives. But on the heels of that, plus Alabama beating 20th-ranked Arkansas on Saturday by 23 points, mm. um, Alabama, according to the AP pollsters, is the number one team in the country. Georgia falls down to number two. It really doesn't matter. Both of them are, are on a collision course for the SEC championship game in December, and at least the possibility of playing again in the uh, in the CFP national championship game come January. All right, going to be very interesting to see. Then now let's switch sports a bit of baseball. What's going on with the New York Mets, Chris? Other than the fact they've fallen flat on their <laughs> yes. faces, yes, didn't um, look good. They came into their they had they had a weekend series, biggest weekend, biggest three game series in, in baseball in years. Mm. Okay, mm. Top, teams top of the National League East. The Mets led the division entering Friday night by a game. Mm. They also ha- held the lead in the tiebreaker, the head-to-head record, 9-7 to against the Braves. Mm. All the Mets had to do was win one game this weekend. They locked down the tiebreaker and, and really are in the driver's seat to win the National League East. Mm. So what do they do? They slip in a banana peel. They fall on their faces. They got swept by the Braves this weekend. Lost all three games. The Braves are now two games up with three games left. And they have the tiebreaker. Only way the Mets win the National League East and avoid a potential uh, division round series against the number one seed Los Angeles Dodgers is they've got to win all three of their final games and the Braves have to lose all three of their final games. Bottom line, it ain't going to happen and the Mets are staring a an epic failure right in the face uh, uh, after blowing a lead, I think, that was out at 10.5 games at one point this season. So you're putting a line through them. They are no chance. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm saying I've got a better chance of winning the lottery <laughs> and dating four supermodels. Okay, all right. All right. I am recording this. You never know. We might replay that. Uh, <laughs> um, and what about, just to finish off, uh, and I know you have a shout-out after this, but what about uh, the fitting send-off for a future Hall of Famer? Oh, yeah, uh, Last uh, yesterday afternoon, final home game for the St. Louis Cardinals. Albert Pujols, who has already hit his 700th home run, he went yard in the final home game, regular season home game in his Cardinals career. Mm. Career home run number 702 against the Pittsburgh Pirates yesterday. It was the final home game for the Cardinals this season, at least in the regular season. Now, I'm hoping because the Cardinals are already in the playoffs, they're going to be the three seed, their, their series will start on Friday. Uh, in their, their best of three wild card series will start Friday in St. Louis. Hoping for a few more home runs as I'm hoping for a long, strange, shocking Cardinal playoff run this year. So uh, at least Pujols uh, will get more opportunities, and I want to see some more home runs. But at least in this regular season finale in St. Louis, he, he did go yard for the Cardinals. Uh, yes. Now, you wanted to send a shout-out to an Australian team as well before we let you go on this Tuesday morning. Ab- absolutely a shout-out to the Adelaide 36ers. Mm. Uh, how about making some history last night? 134-124 over last year's best T20 
team in the NBA, the Phoenix Suns. They come to Phoenix, Adelaide does, and just starts throwing them up from everywhere, from the concession stand, from the 300 section. I think a couple of those shots were fired from Gila Bend, Arizona. <laughs> I mean, the, the range on these Adelaide shooters was just absolutely incredible, uh, especially Craig Randall and Robert Franks. They hit, uh, what was it? They combined for 15 three-pointers and 67 points last night. Now, just an unbelievable See, I watched the highlights. The, uh, it, it was amazing. The, they were firing shots, finished 24-43 from beyond the arc. And to put six percent from beyond the arc, amazing. And to put that into perspective, uh, Chris, uh, the Phoenix's total payroll for this season is close to two hundred and seventy million dollars. Last season, uh, the NBL's cap ceiling was set at just over one point six million dollars. So, it's a fair difference in uh, salary caps and pay there for the two teams. So, yeah, a very impressive performance by the thirty yeah. sixers. It absolutely was. It's preseason, so you you take it for what it's worth being a preseason game. But still, this is the first time an NBA team has lost to a non-NBA team in a preseason game since Real Madrid did it to Oklahoma City in 2016. That Real Madrid team, by the way, had Luka Doncic, who turned out to be a pretty damn good NBA player in his own right. Yeah, really, really impressive performance by the Adelaide 36ers. And, of course, the NBL got on the way over the course of the weekend, caught a bit of it. It was quite entertaining. So uh, the summer sports standing to wrap up, of course, the A-League uh, beginning here this weekend coming. Uh, thank you, Chris. Much appreciated. We'll chat in a couple of days at time. I'm sure there'll be a lot more uh, to talk about in terms of what's happening in sport in America. Have a good day, mate. All right, you too. By the way, Monday Night Football yes. coming up in a few hours. Rams heading up north to Santa Clara to take on the 49ers. Somehow the Niners are a two-point favorite against the defending world champs. It makes no sense to me. All right, perfect. Looking forward to it. We'll chat in a couple of days, mate. Have a good one. You too. Chris Perkins in America. We'll chat with him again on Thursday morning. Uh, now, Mitchell Moses, a lot of talk about him throughout uh, the past few weeks um, and how important he is to the Parramatt side. Uh, well, he will enter the final year of his uh, final deal, uh, final year of his deal. Sorry, with the Parramatta's uh, on November one, meaning he is free to sign with rival clubs in a matter of weeks. Now, the sense is that he will head to the market as he looks to cash in on the most impressive year of his career. Uh, having, as we know, led Parramatta to the grand final. It could be one of the talking points of the off-season, although the Eels are doing their best to ensure their halfback, along with 5'8", Dylan Brown, commits to the club for the foreseeable future. Uh, Moses said yesterday, I'd love something to get sorted, but I have left it up to my management. I love this place. They have been so good to me, and to experience something like the grand final makes you want to come back. I felt like in the past I would have let that stuff affect my footy. I feel like it is a positive that it didn't affect my footy. I'm not really worried at all. In the past, I have handled it probably the wrong way. I've learned from those mistakes. I'm pretty cruisy. I have full trust that something will get sorted. It's only a matter of time. Um, and their greatest selling point, Parramatta's greatest selling point, may well be Brad Arthur. Uh, he continued on saying, we all love Brad. He has been the best thing for my footy, and I think I speak for some of the other guys as well. He got us here. We all love him. We all love playing under him. Yeah, look, the Eels, uh, and we'll see what happens. This may be a story that runs for a long time. It may be a short story, but uh, 
the Eels will want to be keeping Mitchell Moses. With uh, then they are losing a couple of star players uh, now that this season is done for next year, uh, but they don't want to be losing him in 12 months' time. They'll be doing everything they can to keep Mitchell Moses, who I think uh, right throughout the year was. Parramatta's best player and showed how important he is to that Parramatta side. Yes, they lost on Sunday, but uh, he was a big reason why they got there. Uh, just before a break on the text, 0457 736 736, asking a few questions uh, this morning, asking you about the Panthers uh, yesterday, their celebrations, some of the comments made, in particular Happy Coruscant's comment about the West Tigers, where he is going uh, next year. Also, your highlight of season 2022, anything else you want to talk about? World Cup squad. Uh, Yeovil Treeman says, hi, Dan, understand the need to give back to the fans, but having the players out in public the morning after the grand final with the effect of no sleep and alcohol, it's not surprising there are some decisions made and things said that are less than desirable. Well, that's an interesting one. Um, I, I understand and to an extent agree with your point there, Yeovil Truman, but I, I do know it's a fairly common thing to happen, at least in terms of Rugby league. I know when the Roosters won it, uh, both 18 and 19, uh, the next morning, I think it was about 10 a.m., they did it. I think probably partly one of the reasons it is done in the morning, apart from giving back to fans, is um, the players will probably want to get continue with their celebrations. But it is, I don't know if it's a commitment. I don't think they have to do it, but I think um, it would be a pretty bad look if they don't. So I think doing it in the morning. Um, yes, they haven't had much sleep, but it does free up the rest of the day for them to continue celebrating. So I imagine that is why that would happen. Yes, there might be some thought about potentially doing it the weekend after. Maybe you might be a bit uh, smarter. But then, again, you've got issues this year with players going over for the World Cup. Players will just be generally going on holidays. And I think the morning after, everyone is still on a high. Once you get to the weekend after, it's sort of, whilst you're still happy you won it, uh, the moment has sort of passed. So I, I get where you're coming from and putting these uh, players in front of uh, the fans with no sleep and having had, you'd presume, a bit to drink um, and celebrating. But uh, I just don't know if there is another way around it. But, yes, I'm not surprised uh, in that context that uh, some things uh, said that they may live to regret. But, anyway, I'm sure uh, we'll move on from this story pretty quickly. Thanks for your text. Keep them coming in. 0457 736 736 is the text number. Open line 1300 01 1170. Break. We'll wrap up the English Premier League from the weekend with John Gallo. It is 26 minutes to to, to John Gallo shortly uh, to talk EPL. Just before that, let's go to the open line. You can call anytime, one 1170 Michael from Marrickville on the line. Morning, Michael. Morning, mate. How are you? Yeah, really, really well. How are you going? Yeah, very well, mate. That's... Mate, my highlights for the year in NRL was um, watching Penrith be the complete team, mate. I've never seen such a team. And I've seen, obviously, we've seen greats. And mm. I'm in my mid-50s. But watching them play, mate, was was something else. Because they, they play as a complete team. You know what I mean? Everyone does their bit and the machine just rolls on. I've loved every minute of it. I'm a crazy Balmain Tiger. I'm not going to call it West Tigers. And what Abby said, yeah. mate, Coruscant... Nothing to it, mate. It shouldn't even be asked that question, you know. Um, you just got to laugh at it. I hope he does well. I was cheering for him, mate, mm. knowing that he's going to be a West Tigers player next year. There you go. I just said it. <laughs> but, um, no, I think there's nothing to it. And as far as the World Cup squad goes, mm. mate, you can only pick so many players. We've got such a... We're a great nation for the for rugby league, you know. So, 
I think we should all be happy. And the boys that missed out and they're on standby, at least they're in the conversation, you know. So I think it's great, mate. And they still... Thanks for your time and thanks for your show, mate. It's It's been awesome. Thanks, mate. I start work at 4 a.m., so... You helped me get through my morning, I'll tell you. Thank no, you. No stress. Thanks for having us on, and thanks for listening. Call any time. Uh, Michael from Marrickville, and you can join at the open line as well, anytime, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Uh Let us turn our attention now to the English Premier League. Jonathan Gallo is on the line. Morning, John. Morning, Dan. How are we? Uh, yes, very, very well. Now, it's been a big weekend of sport locally, of course, due to uh, the NRL Grand Final, but... Gee, it was good to see the English Premier League back. I know it was back a couple of weeks ago, but with some games uh, not being played, but a full round of the English Premier League. So let's just whip through some of these results. And, John, some interesting results. It began on Saturday night. Uh, Arsenal 3 over Tottenham 1. Tottenham had a player uh, sent off as well. But Arsenal, they just continue a really, really good start to the English Premier League season. Yeah, and uh, and Arsenal get out in front to a two-goal lead just before Emerson Royale from Spurs got sent off in the 62nd mm. minute at uh, that stage. Thomas Partey and Gabriel Jesus uh, got him up to a 2-1 lead at that stage. And then, uh, yeah, Spurs play, as I said, was, was sent off. And then Arsenal ran it out with a third goal by Granite Xhaka. And, yeah, I think Spurs, I mean, it was a very difficult Spurs to kind of see how they're going to go because everyone was expecting big things. Everyone you know, spoke highly of Spurs' start of the season, obviously being well entrenched in the top four this year. And then uh, we kind of got a little bit of a lacklustre Spurs outfit that came out of the blocks and just never really got going, to be honest. I think Arsenal dominated possession, as expected. Um, but the counter-attacking side of things from Spurs, which has been really good this season, was just uh, very flat, to be honest. And, uh, yeah, Kane, Son, just never really in the game uh, at all. So, um, yeah, Spurs will be a little bit disheartened by that performance, whereas Arsenal fans will be flying high. And uh, the big question over them was, could they go and beat a top, uh, a top four outfit? And uh, obviously they failed that test somewhat against Man United a couple of weeks back, and now they've responded positively uh, with a big result against Spurs. So, yeah. Uh, on the up for Arsenal, that's for sure. And these clubs with, what, about six or seven weeks into the World Cup, if you can be top or near top uh, when they broke for the World Cup uh, and come back uh, just after Christmas, I think Boxing Day would be the first uh, fixtures. That'll be very, very exciting. Uh, and that leaves your team in a very, very good position. Now, uh, the other uh, the other games, let's go through this. Liverpool 3, Brighton 3. This is a weird one because uh, I believe Brighton were winning 2-0 then Liverpool fought back to make it 3-2 before Brighton got uh, the equaliser to 3 all. It's another disappointing result, you'd think, for Liverpool. Yeah, massively. And I think it's you know another, what, the fourth, fifth draw this season already. A uh, very slow start to the season for, for Liverpool. And, you know, Klopp has been answering a lot of uh, questions about players' performances, none other than Trent Alexander-Arnold, the, the wing-back for uh, for Liverpool. He's been under heavy criticism during the week about uh, his lack of defensive performance. And I have to say it was on display a little bit against this game against Brighton. Leonardo Trossard for Brighton scored mm. a hat-trick. Uh, almost unheard of to score a hat-trick against Liverpool, uh, which goes to show they struggled defensively in a lot of areas, and that's uncommon to see Liverpool side struggle so early on in the season as well. And I have to say, up front, Firmino and, and the likes of Salah, particularly Salah, I think he's had a very slow start of the season, just not hitting the heights that we come to expect. And, uh, yeah, it's very, very, uh, very confusing to see that because normally Salah's been a top striker in the Premier League, at least top two, top three strikers in the last three or four years. 
So we don't really know what's going on there. But there seems to be a real disconnect from this Liverpool side. And uh, Brighton, I mean, they're flying high. They've been in the top four. They've been under a great, of, uh, great you know, coaching by uh, Graham Potter in the last first couple of weeks of the season. Now Potter's moved on. The caretaker coach has taken over and he's left pretty much the same mark. He's, he's got a side that's attacking really, really well at the moment and, uh, and very, very hard to stop. So um, big slip up by, by Liverpool, that's for sure, particularly oh. at home as well. I wonder with Liverpool as well, just before we get on to some of the other games, I wonder with Liverpool if it's they've been, I know they've lost some players as well, but if they've been just at the peak, and I know they didn't win it, but they've been there and thereabouts, and they won it a couple of years ago. I wonder if they've just been at the top for so long. Uh, and it does ha- it happens to ev- eventually, uh, and it will happen to Penrith as well in the NRL at some point, it is you're up the top for so long. At some stage, you have to have a quiet year or a disappointing year. Not that you want that to happen, but inevitably, it just does happen in sport. Yeah, that's right. I think there's only so many uh, you know times you can stay up for so long, and once you're at the top of the peak, there's only one way you can go from there. And I think you know that's that's a big credit to, to Pep Guardiola at Man City, though. I mean, they've mm. won four out of five Premier League titles. They've kept doing it year after year. They don't look like they're going to stop anytime soon. But for Liverpool, it's just been a case of, I think, losing Sane was a big loss. Yeah. Um, we mentioned that during the preview of the season. I think Sane going to Bayern Munich was a huge loss. Nunes has come in to fill that role. But, you know, even by admission by Jurgen Klopp yesterday, Nunes has taken a lot of time to um, to get gelled to the squad and the pace of the Premier League, which is not easy to do. So I think there's just been, you know, some of the key players. Van Dijk has been really off form. Uh, as well as Alexander-Arnold, which I mentioned. So some of their key defensive players are just not hitting the heights at the moment. I think that's costing Liverpool big time. Yeah, uh, let's have a look at some of the other games. Newcastle 4 over Fulham 1. We saw Everton 2 over Southampton 1. Chelsea in the 90th minute got over Crystal Palace 2-1. A goal to Gallagher. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great performance by by Chelsea. Conor Gallagher comes to home back his former side in Crystal Palace and he had to do it right on the 90th minute. No better way than uh, to say thank you to his former side than getting the winner on the 90th minute. Um, he's been a great addition to, to this Chelsea side the last couple of games he's played, adding a lot of flair into that midfield, that's for sure. I think the likes of Aubameyang getting his opening goal for, for Chelsea as well. Mason Mount, Kai Havertz playing fantastic football. Um, but credit to Palace, they, they fought all the way. This will be a disappointing loss for them because they, that makes them just above the relegation zone at the moment. So Patrick Vieira's men will be very worried and concerned about their uh, their start to the season falling away. But uh, credit to Chelsea. They've now put themselves high up on the ladder on fifth spot, just a few points behind and the likes of Brighton. So doing very, very well, Chelsea, this time of the season. We had a nil-all draw between Bournemouth and Brentford. West Ham beat Wolves 2-0. Uh, this is the one I want to ask you about. Man City 6 over Man United 3. Now, I uh, watched the first half of this game yesterday, and I must admit, when Man City were winning 3-0, I did turn it off. Now, Man United did get three goals, but they were never really in that game. Two of those goals coming uh, very, very late. Man City doing well. Look, Man United's start of the season has been better than it looked at the very beginning, but, gee, they'd still be disappointed by conceding six goals to Man City. Yeah, and I did fear from Man United going into this game. I just felt, you know, City, where they were at, they were just absolutely dominating sides in the last couple of weeks and really showing some strong performances. Um, and, and I think, yeah, for Man United, I think it's been a case of, you know, they've added the likes of Casemiro into the squad, former Real Madrid man, the whole thing about Ronaldo's flared up again. Ronaldo again sitting out this one on the sidelines and yeah. Ten Hag said he didn't want to put Ronaldo on out of respect for his career. But I suppose in a derby, that just doesn't really make sense. Not to put one of your top players not in the squad. Uh, I find that very strange, particularly when you've got Ronaldo as a goal-scoring machine. But um, 
yeah, I think it was a case where basically City took over and they showed the dominance the last couple of years. And with the likes of Harlan and Phil Foden both getting double hat-tricks on the night, that says everything you need to know. And I think there's the fact that uh, United just don't look like on, on the same page at all as a team. They're very disconnected there and, and a lack of confidence and morale, that's for sure. I don't know whether Ten Hag is not really relaying the plans out clearly enough for some of these players or, or what the problems may be. But it's certainly very, very evident that United are, are miles away from, from Man City. And uh, and this could happen for, for many, many more years to come. That's the scary thing if you're a United fan. Whereas City, I think this is going to be a year again where they're going to be very, very difficult to stop. I know Arsenal on top of the table at the moment, but uh, I think it's a question of how long because City are just blitzing through the Premier League at the moment. Haaland has scored you know, more hat-tricks quickly than uh, the Cristiano Ronaldo did at his prime, and he scored more goals at the same start of the season than Michael Owen. Uh, for those who know Michael Owen, absolutely terrific striker. So mm. scary times for, for Haaland. He's almost like a, a created PlayStation player, <laughs> if I can put it that way. He's yeah. just a, an absolute freak. Updated for FIFA 23. Uh, Leeds United and Aston Villa had a nil-all draw. There is one game to come, actually, in about 10 minutes' time. Leicester City will play Nottingham Forest. So that will be very, very good to watch and see uh, a little later on this morning in about 10 minutes' time. The A-League begins on the weekend as well, John. We will talk about that Friday and we will continue our road to the World Cup as well. So lots to get through when we speak again. And, of course, another round of the English Premier League coming up as well next weekend. So we will have a chat on Friday morning and talk about all of that. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it, mate. I'll talk to you then. Sounds good. Jonathan Gallo talking all things football. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy the open line number, or you can text us on 0457736736. We'll take a break, come back with more. It is 10 and a half to 6, uh, 10 and a half to 5 in Queensland. Good to have your company. This text here says, Hi, Dan. Caught the Thailand Moto GP over the weekend. Those riders are amazing in the wet. Aussie Jack Miller scored a second following his win at the previous Grand Prix. Whilst a long shot, he has turned the championship race from a four-way race to a five-way race. Thank you for that text. You're well done to Jack Miller. Now, should make mention, just with the change in daylight savings, uh, Volsi and Brandy coming up right across the listing network from uh, in about five minutes' time. Padding heels for listers through SENQ69. Three and SEN 1620 will follow in about an hour's time. So you get the first hour of Vossi and Brandy and then Padding Heels with you in about an hour's time. Uh, Vossi's going to be pretty happy as well because uh, he's on the burn atomic bus. Well, he's won another uh, game, uh, championship. Uh, his ranking had slipped to below number 800 in the world earlier this year. Um, but had won a tournament for had not won a tournament for four years before victory in an ITF M15 event in Cancun last month, and he's done it again. This time again in Mexico, uh, winning another tournament. It was Tomek's tenth consecutive victory after his last tournament a fortnight ago, and like last time he did not drop a set. While it's a massive improvement on what has been a wretched couple of uh, years for him. Uh, it is not yet an indication the former world number 17 becoming competitive on the best tour in the world, turning 30 later this month, but has won back-to-back wins on the ITF, ITF Challenger Tournament. So there you go. Well done to Bernard Tomic doing uh, some good stuff. Thank you for your company today. As I say, Vossi and Brandy all across the listing network coming up in about five or so minutes' time. Brandy has been found and he will be here. And then Patton Heels for listers through SDNQ 693 and 1620 in about an hour's time. Thanks for your company. Tomorrow on the show, Matty Cox will join me from Tradies News in Melbourne. I'll catch you tomorrow morning at 5am. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. 
These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.